And welcome, friends, to the Generations Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you today. And uh, Today we're coming back to the worldview of the next generation. We are in a battle over the hearts and minds of the next generation. This has picked up big time over the last 40 to 50 years. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. And most of the battle is really in the realm of ideas. It's casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God in Christ. And that battle is waged largely in the field of education. And, of course, culture, media, etc. plays a huge part as well. But this is a war of the worldviews over the hearts and minds of the next generation. And there's uh, one man who's been sort of tracking this, trending the chart, on this, and we've come back to the Nehemiah Institute a number of times. Dan Smithwick has been monitoring this with the Pierce test for, well, since 1988. What is that? Uh, 35 years ago. Uh, so uh, now Dan joins us again on the Generations broadcast. Dan, are you there? Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me back, Kevin. Good to be with you again. Yeah, 35 years on the Pierce testing. That's, that's incredible. And what we're seeing is a trend. There's no getting around it. Since 1988, it's a steady trend downstream uh, from a moderate Christian worldview to those Christian children raised in Christian schools, traditional Christian schools, public schools. And we're talking about, you know, the average Christian child being 40, 50 percentile on the, uh, the worldview, Christian worldview test. And now, uh, they're down around 10 percentile. In the case of Christian kids raised in public schools, they're below zero now. So they're dropping from 40, 50 percentile to below zero. Uh, meantime, home schools are retaining somewhere around 50 percent. So, the, you know, what we're looking at is a steady trend downstream, downhill. That is so true. It's simply a reflection of what's happening in our culture. We talk about a worldview shift that's been going on in America for a half century for particular reasons. And so the Pierce test is a gauge of that. It's simply an assessment tool that schools use and churches and youth groups. Uh, so we've had kind of a front row seat in watching this worldview shift, taking our nation away from our Judeo-Christian heritage in favor of a secular and on our way to a socialist nation. That's the war that's on the street in America. Hmm. And, and yet we see that homeschooling is still retaining something of a moderate Christian worldview. A biblical worldview-based Christian schools are still doing very well. They're still in the 70 percentile. And, uh, and just to let people know, this, this peers' worldview test was based on control groups of both atheists yes, and biblical theistic Christians. Is that right? Right, right, that's true. And yes, the homeschool community uh, actually, by percentage-wise, has been having the highest gains over the last decade of inching their way up to what we call a very mature Christian worldview. And there is a small percentage of Christian schools that do well, but most Christian schools are not doing so well, meaning going more with the flow of culture than with a true biblical worldview. That's a great problem. So we're concerned about America. We all know America's walking through a divide. We're polarized in so many ways. Uh, that's a, 
just a great concern to to uh, to everybody, hmm. and it's a worldview problem. And so we are now making a concerted effort to work with churches. Uh, our work for thirty years has been mostly with private schools, but we see the problem really being a church problem because it's the pulpit that has been charged with the the mission of proclaiming the truth. Mm-hmm. And so we have put together a seminar we call the Kingdom Seminar. It's a half-day seminar that we do in churches to show the historic trends. We go through the history of the world, America, and what's happening in our time. It's an effective way to show the battle that's in our lap. Indeed. You know, I, I wrote a book on this, and, uh, and, and you've been commenting a bit on the book, Epoch, the Rise and Fall of the West. And uh, we have a tremendous heritage. That, that I think, is the... The main point I'm trying to drive home in 750 pages, you do it in a half a day, uh, that we have a heritage. We have a thousand-plus-year heritage of a, a, a very solid Christian worldview that worked its way into every part of Western life and actually has snowballed into other nations. Uh, thankfully, it's a discipleship of nations going on all around the world today, so you know this kingdom's not over. Um, but hey let's let's look at that let's look at that heritage that really has been jettisoned in just the last 40 to 50 years would you agree with that that is exact yes i do i certainly do and and i it's happened because of what's happened to education uh, yeah. we are in trouble because of what the what has happened in education and we're not going to get out of this mess unless we fix the education problem so your book is a wonderful book i refer to that all the time epic epoch uh, it's a very, very excellent synopsis of what's happened, where we were, uh, why we're going wrong. So I would really say between uh, your book and our worldview assessment, it identifies a problem and provides a solution. So and, kind of a tag team. And the big practical solution for the 94% of parents who send their kids into these uh, bad Christian schools, which is most Christian schools, and bad public schools, which again is almost every public school, uh, is to get their kids out, get themselves educated in a distinctively biblical worldview, and and find a school, a Christian school, uh, find a homeschool curriculum that emphasizes biblical worldview. I, I guess that's it, right? Cut right to it. That's what you want. Absolutely, absolutely. Because what we mean by that phrase is using biblical teachings, biblical truth to shape the mind of our young people no matter what discipline you're talking about, PEERS is an acronym standing for politics, economics, education, religion, and social issues. If we don't give them a distinct biblical posture in those five areas, they will, by default, go to an anti-Christian view. That's, that's the problem. Okay, well, let's, let's just go through history quickly. I, I, I just want you to touch on some of the major points, and we're going through the Kingdom Seminar in just a few minutes here. Uh, back all the way up, uh, talk about how, you know, this Christian worldview, this discipleship of nations just exploded with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Sure. Um, we go back 2,000 years when God was incarnate in Christ, and the scriptures were written, and it presented with our nation the fullest expression of what God's intent was for his created world. And so through the 2,000 years, the Church has been advancing with ups and downs to bring about this Christian worldview of the way life should be lived. 
and the Western world was largely the place where the Judeo-Christian worldview was worked out. Mm-hmm. And so for a thousand years, mm-hmm. there was a church, and then there was a split. We had the East-West Church. And then in the 1500s, there was a, what we refer to as Protestant Reformation. It was the reclaiming of truth, the proclamation of truth. And that's what birthed America eventually. But in the last 100 to 200 years, we now have found ourselves drifting once again away from that truth and are really in need of another reformation, if you would, to bring us back to what does the Bible say about how to do life? What is your view of the Protestant Reformation, of John Calvin, John Knox, Martin Luther? Something happened. Something significant happened. It just exploded uh, onto the scene in the 1520s, 30s, and 40s. Absolutely it did. And, uh, you know, the names you mentioned and a few others shook Europe to its core uh, and, and caused culture to have to rethink about law and about culture in general, economics. And it led to a lot of conflict, no question about that. But it was a reclaiming of truth, objective truth, given by God to how you should do life. Biblical truth. And so the Protestant Reformation, biblical truth, absolutely. And uh, it really was a highlight of the advancement of the kingdom up to that time. Uh, Eventually, uh, you know, shaped England uh, and then brought that to the shores of America through the Puritans and the Pilgrims. Uh, So we should look back with great thankfulness for what happened in the Protestant Reformation and men like Calvin and Luther, father figures, who opened the doors for recapturing what you and I and others refer to as a biblical worldview. But in the last 40 to 50 years, like you've said, it's, it's disappearing at a very fast rate. Let's let's look at the history of American education and culture. Um, you've got this summarized on a chart that I'm looking at in front of me here. Uh, you start out in the colonial period, and you know we're we're still keeping God at the center. I remember the uh, the first New England primer begins with a in Adam's fall we sinned all. You remember that? So that's where yes, it started. Sure. We're talking about the 1640s, 1650s here. Yes, and so that kind of thought carried well up into the time of the Revolution when we uh, became a nation. Uh, And again, the emphasis was on that in education. Uh, Young people were schooled from the Scriptures. Uh, They read the Scriptures, memorized the Scriptures. Our founding fathers were steep into biblical principles. The Bible was the most cited uh, resource in the development of the Constitution. But after that, uh, as the nation prospered, we kind of uh, became uh, soft in our commitments. Uh, we went from 85% church attendance in colonial American days to today in America, less than 15%. And yeah. you have to ask why. Yeah. Why do we not value church? Because truth is not being proclaimed the way it should be to, to cause us to think, I value this information. And so our young people just don't go to church. Well, the other thing is the American families have checked their kids into the other church, the secular church, yes, the public schools. Yes, you know, yes. They've been carefully indoctrinated to other religion, right? Yeah, I'm glad you referred to it that way because, uh, you know, historically Christianity has been known by its creeds as well as the Bible itself. Well, there's a new creed on the street that the religion of humanism is teaching in the public schools. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and our kids are buying into that because they're not hearing a full-orbed gospel 
of biblical truth. I always ask audiences, when's the last time you heard a, a sermon on economics? It almost never happens. So the free market is disappearing from us. Let's talk very, about the very concerning. Let's talk about the 19th century for just a little bit. To me, the 19th century was a century of tremendous conflict, not just the Civil War, but a civil right. war right. in education. And, ed- and, and of course, the universities are the target. But you still have McGuffey. You've got Noah Webster. You've got some good folks. There are, and uh, you know, those were used, uh, but less and less. But then John Dewey shows up, and yep. before him, Horace Mann. Right. Uh, both right. atheists, both grew up in Christian homes, uh, came to the position that uh, there is nobody up there. Uh, there's a book of myth uh, called the Bible, and they set out to change education in America and to de-Christianize the classroom. That was their mission. Hmm. And uh, the church was weak enough that the church said, we're happy to uh, let you take this from us. It's too much work to run schools. We'll let you, we'll send our kids to you. Uh, and of course, it wasn't anti-Christian from day one. They still had some prayer and some reference to a scripture here and there. But in time, Christianity was gone. And would, now we're in the mess we're in. Would, would you say that the transition occurred as early as the 1920s? You know, we're not talking about 1964, 1965, when the Supreme right. Court is making its rulings. Uh, the transition is happening. The, the ideological transition is happening way back with the Scopes trial. It's happening in the 1920s and 1930s, isn't it? Absolutely. And the chief thing there, Kevin, and audience, is the story of how the Frankfurt School, the Marxist school from Germany, was moved from uh, Germany to America, set up shop in New York City at the... Uh, Columbia University, and hooked up with John Dewey and set out with the Marxists and John Dewey to reshape America by reshaping the school system, starting with universities and working their way down. That is the story of what's happened to America. The Marxists and Dewey, with the education system, changed the thinking of young people, and gradually, 100 years later, they pretty much own it. All right. So that takes us to the 1960s, 1970s when the homeschool movement, the Christian school movement, gets its start, and the loyal opposition shows up. Now, where are we today? I think what happened was we were all sort of in the mass of American education all the way up until the 1960s, 1970s. At this point, real Christians are saying, now, wait a minute, wait a minute, Uh, we're not going to allow our children indoctrinated into this new religion of humanism. So you have something of a reformation of education occurring, don't you? A lot of Christians in the 60s and 70s began to see things that were happening in the secular school system, the public school system, and said, wait a minute, that's not us. We're not going to keep doing that. And so especially the Baptists started pulling out in droves, starting their own schools Hmm. uh, all across America. But I say that what happened with them building a new education system was it was pretty much just centered in the R category of our peers' acronym, religion. It wasn't a full biblical worldview education system where we're bringing biblical principles into government, into economics. That's what's lacked in so much of Christian education and why it's still not looking so well today. That's what has to be fixed now. So, so you don't think they had a full-orbed biblical worldview presentation? It's more of a reaction to what Absolutely. was going on in the secular school. Same thing's happening today. People want to get out 
of the sexualized schools, uh, the transgendered bathrooms and such, but they don't really know where they're going. They're escaping something, but not really embracing anything. They, they haven't been that, equipped. That is, is that is that the way you would interpret so it? Well said. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I would, because, uh, you know, we saw the problem. We don't like that, but we don't have an offensive plan to really take us to where we should be in a kingdom culture based on on uh, true, you know, biblical reasoning. So that's the homework that's before us, is to build a true or a biblical or, you know, a Christian worldview education system. And that's that's some hard work. It's some heavy lifting with that. How do we do it? Dan, where do we go from here? That's, we've got to involve the churches, right? I mean, without the pastors, yeah, we're up we, the creek without a paddle. That's right. That's why we have developed this uh, kingdom seminar about four or five years ago. I've given that in several churches across the country. It's always a wake-up call uh, to parents uh, seeing uh, much of this, the, the history story of the world in America and the history of education in America. That's, that proves to be a wake-up call. Uh, and we, we are helping churches to take back the responsibility for the education of our youth. That's what we're now doing, is helping churches. How do we do this ourselves instead of farming our kids out to somebody else that's thoroughly into a world of secularism, if not socialism? And I think COVID was a gift to us in that sense, because it really pulled the curtains back. And now we are really getting a lot of attention uh, from churches and different groups about how do we start a Christian school or how do we do homeschooling? And we have a lot of resources for that. Are you optimistic, Dan? I mean, are you looking at something of an awakening happening here in this country? Um, I am uh, long-term. I don't think we've hit bottom. Uh, I think we're going to go, we will be going through decades of some significant struggles, uh, but Long-term, yes, I, I have to be because of how I see the kingdom of God, uh, I believe, to be working uh, uh, through history. So I am optimistic, uh, but I'm concerned about what our kids and our grandkids are likely to have to go through uh, over the next several decades. This is, this is not done by any stretch. And not the first time in history. You think of Athanasius contra no, Mundum, no. Athanasius against the world, you know. I mean, he, he was outnumbered. I mean, he, he just, it was Athanasius contra Mundum, and then Wycliffe contra Mundum. Wycliffe is one of my greatest heroes in all of yeah, history, yeah. in that he yeah. effectively stood all alone against the entire world. I don't know as if there was anybody on his side. Of course, Jan Hu showed up, uh, you know, a couple years later, but... John Wycliffe was the beginning of the Reformation, but man, he yeah, was by himself. It was one man yes, was. against the empire. Wow. And, and yet, by God's grace, that man like translated that. the Bible yeah. and then copied the Bible and then the Lollards, and then the rest is history, right? But, I mean, there are points yeah. in time at which, I mean, the remnant is reduced to, like, me and my four friends, you know, that's the way it was, John Wycliffe. It was so. What's the message for us? Don't give up. Believe in God. Stand Don't at the Red Sea. Up. Raise the rod. And right. True. Yes, uh, I point out too in this seminar how if you look at world history, starting with the flood, twenty five hundred BC, about every five hundred years, there is a significant work of God where God reminds the world whose world it is. We are now living in the tenth five hundred year period. And I fully expect God to once again remind all of us whose world this is. He's going to get our attention, and we're facing with another rebuilding. I think that's going to happen, and uh, I would, 
I would say, Kevin, uh, to you, you're one of those people God has tapped on the shoulder and said, come with me, I've got a job for you to do. And there's, there's yeah. a few others like you, but that's what has to happen. Individuals yeah. rising up to the call that's placed on their life. Yeah, amen, and amen. God is still on the throne. Jesus is still King of kings and Lord of lords, and he's got an agenda. Yes. He's bringing that to pass in history, and he's not just playing tiddlywinks. He's, he's, uh, he's actively ruling, and uh, he's going to bring about something amazing has throughout history and will continue that until his final return. Dan Smithwick has been my guest on this edition of the Generations Broadcast. Friends, I hope you're encouraged by it. Uh, check it out at nehemiahinstitute.com online and uh, for more information, the Peers Test and, of course, uh, the, uh, the Kingdom Seminar. Dan, thanks so much again for joining us on Generation. Stay with it, my friend. Thank you. God bless. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation. 